The leader of the world's 1.3 billion Catholics arrives in Canada in the coming days with a focus of the trip being reconciliation with Indigenous peoples and an apology for abuses committed at church-run residential schools. The visit comes amid declining influence and attendance for the church, a change that has been happening over decades. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. National Post reporter and Michelle Lang fellow Jessica Mundy joins me to discuss the significance of the papal visit, how some Catholics reconciled their faith with the church's dark history, and what the state of the church is in Canada today. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, we're even on Amazon Music now. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Jessica, Canada is receiving its fourth papal visit in the first in 20 years with the arrival of Pope Francis on July 24th. What is the significance of this trip? I know some people have been following the story of the visit and why he's coming, but just for people who aren't entirely sure the the nature of this visit, what is the significance of this trip? So this trip is definitely very significant because it's really focused on Pope Francis's opportunity to talk with and kind of listen to Indigenous communities, especially after last summer, when the hundreds of suspected unmarked graves were found on the sites of past residential schools, um, many of which were run by the Catholic Church. So I think this trip is really kind of going to be about healing and reconciliation, definitely also riding on the big apology that many people are hoping for on Canadian soil. In recent years in Canada, the discussion of the Catholic Church in this country have focused a lot on abuse scandals, such as the residential schools program and what went on at those schools or other sexual abuse scandals. Is there hope among Catholics in Canada that this visit will bridge some of that divide and work to repair some of the damage that these scandals have caused? I definitely think so. Of the two Catholics I spoke to for my story, both of them said that they really do hope that this visit is going to address some of these institutional wrongdoings, the scandals, and begin to aid in reconciliation. One of actually the Catholics that I spoke to for this story, you know, I asked him, like, are you excited for the Pope coming? Like, is this going to be fun? Is this going to be like a big event in your parish? And he just kind of said, like, yeah, we're excited, but we really do recognize that this visit is not for us. It's he's here to be with Indigenous communities So I do think that there is kind of a reflection and a real acknowledgement amongst Catholic communities that the Pope isn't here for them this time. And I think they recognize too, of course, that forgiveness really is a two-way street and the Pope may offer it, but it does in the end have to be accepted. And I think they do hope that those communities that are hurting are willing to accept an apology during this visit. In your piece, people can read it at nationalpost.com. You talk to people about their faith and, you know, about the state of the Catholic Church in Canada. How do the Catholics that you spoke with feel about their faith and the legacy of some of the, the darker aspects of the church? This was a pretty heavy question when I did ask the Catholics that I spoke to. And I think for both of them, The legacy of the church really is something that they constantly have to reckon with their own faith and as well as their 
you know, part in the Catholic Church. Obviously, the church has done really terrible things, Mm -hmm. but someone's faith is really important to them. And rather than, you know, abandon that or abandon the church, the Catholics I spoke to really talked about the church taking responsibility for what they've done, that being, you know, justice in the courts and as well as probably paying a lot of money, um, which they think is something, you know, that they should do if they have to. Yeah. One of the men I kind of spoke to gave an example, which I'm not sure is exactly like the exact same situation as the church, but I do think it paints a really great picture of how people with faith think about this. He said, you know, like when my life is hard and tough, I don't quit life or, you know, commit suicide. Same with the church in this case, you know, when bad things are happening, I don't leave. I work to make it a better place. So for both of the Catholics I spoke to, they also really turned to their faith to reckon with this legacy too, which I thought was, I guess, interesting to me, but for them, something that's really simple. You know, they said, God is a God of mercy. Out of evil comes a greater good. So I do think they really see their religious teachings as guiding lights and a way that they hope they will be able to mend and begin reconciliation with, you know, communities that have been really hurt by the church. Taking a step back from specific scandals from the residential school program and looking at Catholicism in Canada, as your piece does, the church was at one point ever present in many facets of Canadian life. And to get some perspective, historically speaking, how prominent was the church in Canada's first century and before we were even a country? The church has been and was very prominent in Canadian life. Of course, colonizers like John Cabot, Samuel de Champlain were Catholic and they brought their religion here and established Catholic colonies. I think it's important too to note that the effort to convert and assimilate Indigenous peoples to Catholicism began shortly after these people arrived in Canada. Yeah. But if we continue throughout history when Canada was conquered by the British, which brought about Protestants, the Catholic Church was allowed to continue to grow under the British rule. And it grew significantly throughout the 17th and 18th centuries in the Maritimes, what was then Lower Canada, and what was then Upper Canada. And it began to run many of the country's social services and institutions, including education, health, and welfare. So it was a huge, huge part of society. And many Canadians, rural, urban, relied on the services that the Catholic Church was providing. Having an outsized influence like that, and having that bigger role in Canadian society... When did that start to change in Canada? Because obviously today the Catholic Church doesn't have that same influence here. When did the influence start to wane in this country? So it really started to wane in the 60s after the Quiet Revolution in Quebec, where Catholicism has always been really, really prominent. So when the government began to take control of social services like healthcare, welfare, and education, this is really where you can start to see many religious trends and people affiliating with religion start to decline, and especially in the Catholic Church as well. 
So that starts in the 1960s, and we start to see changes in this country and how social services are offered, and, and the influence starts to decline. Looking at the last three or four decades, how has Catholic makeup in Canada changed? Are there fewer Catholics or just fewer Catholics attending services or fewer Catholics as a proportion of the population? How does that break down? So it has significantly declined in both of these areas, one a bit more than the other. In terms of those who identify as Catholic, and this number can be a bit off because on many of the surveys that kind of ask, like, what religion are you? People can sometimes just choose Catholic because that's what they were baptized in. It doesn't necessarily mean they still, like, believe or associate with the faith. They're just saying, like, I am Catholic. Mm -hmm. In terms of numbers, which I personally have got from the Statistics Canada General Social Survey, in 1985, there was 39% of the general population that was Roman Catholic, which was just over 10 million people at the time. And then we look at 2018, we see just 29% of the population identifies as Roman Catholic. So that's down 10 points. That equals about just under 11 million people that are Catholic in 2018. So technically, in the terms of the population, the number went up, but this did not follow the same growth of the actual whole population of Canada. So while there may be more people, the number is still way less than it would have been if it was following the trend in 1985. Yeah. So there are fewer Catholics. In terms of church attendance, Catholics actually going to church, in 1985, on average, 77% of Catholics said they attend service once a year. So these are the Catholics that go for Easter, Christmas, Palm Sunday. They're kind of those big holiday Catholics. Mm -hmm. In 2022, and these numbers are from an Angus Reid survey, In 2022, only 18% of Catholics said they go once or a few times a year, which is a huge drop from 77% going once a year. We'll be right back. Do we know what's caused the decline? Is it one factor? Is it just younger people not identifying with their faith and just stopping going to church? Is it a case of maybe older people passing away? What is causing the decline in church membership and church attendance? Well, this is definitely not a simple answer, and it's kind of hard to pinpoint one specific thing. I think it's a a mix of a lot of things. There has definitely been intergenerational loss, which began in the 60s. Children and grandchildren of, you know, traditionally Catholic families have really tended to not adopt the same religious identity as their parents and grandparents. So that has contributed to a big loss in attendance and loss in the number of Catholics. But then there's also kind of the case of Quebec, which, as I mentioned, was like a huge, huge Catholic population. And there, there are still, like, many, many people that identify as Catholic, but they hardly go to Mass. It's, like, hit rock bottom, which is what sociologists, one of the women that I spoke to for the story, said is called 
cultural Catholicism. And it's when people are still affiliated with their Catholic identity, but they don't necessarily attend regular religious services. Is this something that's just affected the Catholic Church, or or is this something in Canadian society more broadly where people are less likely to be affiliated with religion, less likely to go to services even if they are affiliated with religion? Not necessarily. There are religions, namely the mainland Protestant religions, that are on an even steeper decline than Catholic. (laughs) And then you have non-Christian religions like Islam, Judaism, Buddhism. Hinduism, which are actually growing very steadily and heavily driven by immigration. I should also say immigration is something that is helping the Catholic Church as well. Many immigrants come to Canada with a strong faith and are significantly more actively religious than the like European Catholic populations that are currently in Canada. So while immigration is fueling non-Christian religions, it is also helping the Catholic Church as well. We've just come through a pandemic, or, you know, we may still be in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) depending on what wave we're in and and what variant we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But we saw in-person church services severely restricted. How did this affect the Catholic Church in Canada? And are there still fewer people attending services, particularly the elderly, given concerns that they could catch COVID-19 and be severely affected by it? Yeah, there has definitely been a decline in those attending services. And it's kind of hard to tell quite yet who will be coming back, just because we are still not out of it fully. But there was a survey, an unreleased survey that Cardis and Angus Reid did that kind of looked into this decline. And they found that in 2018, 23% of Catholics attended mass generally. In 2019, these numbers dropped to 20%. And then in 2020, after the pandemic hit, they fell to 12%. And it's kind of flatlined from there. So there is really not a lot of people attending service. I think that this is because there's definitely a concern about COVID, especially because church demographics do skew much older. I also think too that a lot of people have become accustomed to and probably enjoy online mass and would rather watch it from their living room than go to church or drag the kids out on an early Sunday morning to go to church. Yeah. Across the board, though, I think right now the Catholic Church in Canada is really struggling and is really, really focusing on getting people back to mass. Like, I don't think 12% is the number that they want. And that is what they're really, really focusing on right now. I was wondering about that, like the idea of how the Catholic Church fares going forward. You know, we talk a lot about its past influence in this country and its decline. And as attendance wanes, you mentioned in your story, you know, parish closures, their, you know, bankruptcy filings, and even settlements for some of these abuse scandals. What does the future of the Catholic Church look like in Canada? There's always going to be a Catholic Church in Canada because there will always be Catholics and there will always be immigration that is fueling the Catholic Church. So it's not like it's going to go away or disappear anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it's going to have to start to think about how they manage buildings, how they 
figure out what services are best for people. Like, you know, people may never want to come back in person. What if they have to start going, you know, have an online streaming service forever now? Like, what if that's something that they have to start thinking about? But I think the future of the church will be up to whoever starts to come back post-pandemic because right now it's very, very, very small. And I guess lastly, you know, back to the Catholics who you interviewed for your feature, for those who have grown up in the church, what keeps them going or what keeps them connected to their faith, even as other parishioners stop attending? I think the people that attend church regularly are really connected to their faith. And I think this also kind of ties back to what is the future of the Catholic church. It's like the people that are part of the Catholic church have a faith that is so strong and they will never leave. Mm-hmm. Of the Catholics that I spoke to, they both attend regularly. They're involved in the church community and see going to church as a very important part of their dedication to God. And for Catholics, attending mass is like very, very important. It's a part of their religion is going to mass. So yeah, you know, their faith is very important to them and they stick by it even as others step away from the church, taking the time to pray and be with God in their busy daily lives is really special to them and allows them to be better people, gives their life purpose. And I think that's something that will keep them going to church for as long as they live and will bring their children there and their grandchildren there because it's a really, really special, important part of their life. And I guess it remains to be seen whether the papal visit next week will have any impact on people's connection with the church. Jessica, fascinating story. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. 10.3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Jessica Mundy. More from her at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.